Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Armor Report, everyone. Thank you for being here, joining me on a Saturday morning. And I know you have a lot you could be doing right now, like getting ready for the Bundesliga to start up again. Thank you, God, that we've got live sports on TV this weekend. So I'm going to rip through this as soon as I can so we can all get our popcorn ready. Okay, Armor Report stands for Algorithmic Risk Management Research. This is a show about quantumental investing. It means we take quantitative algorithms to execute, combine that with a fundamental foundation, and that creates the information edge that I share with you every day. We are going to discuss stock market direction today, okay? We've been all over it since the 23rd of March. Actually, let's go back to the 24th of February, right? So for those of you who are new, we raised cash, you know, 100% starting the 24th of February. We avoided the stock market crash. We started putting capital back to work on the 23rd of March when the Fed started to buy everything in sight or announced that they would. Um, and we've, have, we've, we've had a ripping, you know, month and a half. It's been unreal. I'm going to discuss it. We're going to go over the scorecard, and we're going to talk about what's going to happen next. Will this rally continue? We're going to um, jump on the cannabis couch again today. Okay? So I don't talk about cannabis all the time. I only talk about cannabis when I think I can make money. I don't always make money. It's been a hard uh, a sector to make money in for a year now. That may be changing. We're going to talk about it. And of course, we have to discuss and continue to discuss the precious metals investing landscape. Okay? I told you guys last week, I showed you a chart of SLV. I said the silver rally hasn't even started yet. I'm going to share that chart with you right now. And I'm going to say something a little different. That's silver. Okay. Last week it was in here. Blew out this week. And what we're now going to say is the silver rally is just getting started. This was the week it began. Okay. So let's hop into a discussion about all this today. And, of course, at the end, I'm going to get to your questions, all right? Um, There's going to be a quick bonus round at the end also about a particular chart pattern that's really working right now. And I sent all of you guys who are subscribed to the Armor Report. You can just subscribe right down here, guys, right? I'm going to pop up this little thing. Give me a thumbs up if you enjoy this, okay? That helps me on on YouTube. Subscribe to this channel or to the armorreport.com. And... um, I sent out a free subscription, by the way. You could become an Armor Insider. That's a whole different issue, right, where you get to see a, a, a live look-in during the trading session uh, on our trading desk using our Slack chat room. You get all the updates on stocks we're adding to subtracting the portfolios and the stops and a whole host of other things as a subscriber, okay? But if you get the free Armor Report, which is right there, armorreport.com, A-R-M-R report.com, I just sent it out yesterday. So all of you who are subscribed, check your mailbox, make sure you're, you're getting it. Um, and I showed you the chart patterns that are really working right now. I'm going to share three of them with you uh, the, uh, today also. So we got a lot to unpack. Let's try to get to it right now. Disclaimer, as usual, I'm not telling you what stocks to buy. I'm simply sharing with you 30 plus years of experience in the business and how I run my own capital and how I manage capital for investors through our interactive brokers affiliation. All right. You have to make your own decisions on when you buy and sell a stock. I think we're all grown ups and we understand that, but got to say it every day. Okay. So here we go. Stock market direction. I shared with you a couple weeks ago, both in the armor um, action alert email and on this, on this channel that We are in a unique time right now. It most closely 
um, um, mirrors the 2009-2010 bull market when the Fed began buying assets in a quantitative easing program because of the financial collapse of 08. That's the type of market we're in right now. Okay. So starting on the 23rd of March, when the Fed started to add unlimited amounts of QE, I mean, more than we've ever seen in history. I came on his show and I told you the first thing to do is buy gold and silver, right? That's going to be the best performing asset when the Fed opens the checkbook in an unlimited fashion. And when you have trillions of dollars of stimulus being created by the government, and that has without a doubt been accurate. All right. I'm going to enjoy this conversation with you a little bit. I hope you guys are with me on this. If you are, you've been absolutely killing it in the market right now. The best group is gold and silver, and it continues to rip higher. Okay. So I know there's a lot of negativity out there. I know this is the most hated rally maybe in history. Oh, and by the way, can we just bust a myth right now? Here's a stock market myth that I'm going to bust. Okay. If I have to hear this one more time on CNBC, I don't know. I might throw the, the, the TV right out the window. Okay. This ridiculous notion that they love to tell you every year, sell in May and go away. But it's like a nursery rhyme. This is not a nursery. We're, we are adults. We're not children. Okay. Nursery rhymes don't help us make money. Okay. Sell in May and go away is a joke. It's an old adage. And old adages do not work in the market we're in now. We're in a new market. We don't sell things just because of a particular month. Okay. What we do here at the Armour Report and what I try to share with you, I'm not here right now to get excited and talk about all the success. I mean, it's great. We're killing it right now, okay? We're all making a lot of money. But this is not about success or, or, or failure or making the right call or the wrong call. It's about executing an investment strategy, a strategy you create when the TV's off and the market's closed and you execute it ruthlessly. That's what this is about. The reason we're having success is that we're executing a quantitative strategy. We're using algorithms and computer systems to help us put capital to work when it feels most uncomfortable. And we're going to use those same algorithms and strategies to exit the market when it feels most uncomfortable. That's why we're being successful right now. It's because we get rid of the noise of all of the fear. You guys know the, the term, the, market, the bull market climbs a wall of worry. That's absolutely true. I could say that's an old adage. It's not an adage, actually. It's just true. What does it really mean? It, it means that all the way up, people will tell you how bad the market is until the point where all those people start telling you how good the market is, and that's when you need to be concerned. Okay? So I'm under no illusions, and I hope you're not either, that the kind of money we're making right now is normal. It's not normal. We're making a couple of years worth of performance in a month and a half. That's insane. It's beautiful. But it makes me feel like a cat on a hot tin roof. It doesn't make me feel comfortable. It's fun. But, but it's a bit insane. And so... How do I deal with that emotion? Because let me tell you something. I, I really respect these people you see on CNBC. Mark Cuban comes on. He's a billionaire. The guy must know something about money. He thinks the stock market's way overvalued. He's sure it's going to go down. He's been telling you that for the last three, four, five weeks. 
wrong all the way, right? We got Warren Buffett. Mum's the word. He's not putting any money to work. Tons of cash on his balance sheet. Took massive losses in airlines. This guy's brilliant. And he's not buying the market. Another billionaire not buying the market. Stanley Druckmiller, if you don't know his name, Google it. One of the most prolific hedge fund managers of all time. Doom and gloom. Sure, the market's going down. Insane valuations. And then, unfortunately, a man whom I, I really respect, Jeffrey Gunlock, comes on the TV and tells you, market's insane. Has to go lower. And this could be cause for concern. I, I think all those guys are smart people. So how is it possible that the Armour Report, we're making a killing in the last month and a half, and these guys are telling you the sky's falling. How do we handle that? It puts, me, it puts me just like a cat in a hot tin roof. Okay, so I just want to say this, this will not continue. At some point, I don't know when in the future, at some point, I'm going to come on this show and I'm going to say, well, that was fun, but now we're in 100% cash. And that was an awful week, Right? We just got crushed this week and raised cash because I'm never going to catch the top. This is not about guessing when the market's going to stop going up. I don't know. So we use algorithmic execution to get into positions and we use algorithmic execution to exit positions. What does that mean? It's about probabilities and statistics. It's not about a crystal ball gazing. It's not guessing. It's not looking at put call ratios and investor sentiment, and all of these things that are brilliant in retrospect, right? When the market goes down, hey, look at all these things you could have looked at. But the fact is those things are going to be telling you negative things about the market all the way up, right? So it doesn't really help me. Guessing where the top is doesn't help me. All I can do is execute strategy Use trailed stops, okay? Book some profits at targets, right? Trade around the core. Nothing wrong with that. And you have to make your own decision when you do that. Don't look to me. When you feel like you've had enough, okay, cut every position down 25%. What's wrong with that? Now you have 25% cash, 75% long, riding the core. Okay? So that's one way to manage the risk. We have conservative, balanced, and aggressive accounts at the Armour Report. And you log in and look at the Armour portfolios. And we manage them differently. Conservative is going to carry more cash. Right? Aggressive is fully invested and is going to use intraday shorting techniques of indexes. This is a beautiful stock picker's market. The outperformance of disruptive growth over market averages is insane. So we can be long a portfolio of disruptive growth and short the Dow or the, and the small cap index, DIA and the IWM, using those ETFs. So we could do that intraday to create some, some, some um, protection in our portfolio. Another thing we can do is use the options market, and this is not for most people, right? But for me, I'm, I'm, I'm not just 100% invested. I'm, I'm using leverage in my account. So I'm going to go out there and do some things for overnight, for over the weekend, where I put on deeply out of the money puts on indexes. And usually I use twice the index. So I'm using ETFs that are twice the index. Okay. So I get maximum downside. So if we have a disruption and a collapse, those puts are going to protect part of my portfolio. It's insurance. I'm willing to take a percentage of my profits that I have so far this year, which are significant. I don't mind taking a percentage, small percentage, actually. Small percentage can create a serious defense for a portfolio. So these are some thought, thoughts for you to, to, um, to take home over the weekend to think about, okay? Don't expect this type of performance Constantly. At some point, it'll top out. Now, I told you guys last week, this is twice now I've, I've shared this with you, the three-day rule. As Armor Insiders, you know, you can go to the 
armorreport.com. You can look at the armor investing rules of the road. A rule of the road is the rule of three. In any particular trend, whether it be up or down, you can have a counter trend rally for two days. Day three is what matters. Okay? So what we had, I think it was Tuesday and Wednesday, the market cratered. I think the NASDAQ dropped almost 6% in those two days. So what really mattered to me was Thursday morning. Thursday morning, it gapped down. By the way, we were short in our aggressive accounts. Armor insiders know this. They can attest to it. We were short a couple days in a row. We carried that short overnight, the indexes. We covered at about 10.15 Thursday morning, and the market ripped higher the rest of the day and ripped higher into the close on Friday. So the bull market is still intact. Will this rally continue? So far, so good. We look to the fact that we're, we're, the three-day rule continues to work. This is twice now where we've had two-day sell-offs that are pretty ugly and then an immediate recovery because there's just so much liquidity in the system and so many guys are wrong-footed. They take that opportunity to throw money into the market. So that surge into the close Friday was beautiful. The other clear sign of a bull market is leadership. And we continue to see disruptive growth stocks skyrocket and show almost no signs of, of weakness. I'll, I'll give you an example. Take a look at team. And, and tell me if you can, if you can find in here the day where the NASDAQ 100, you know, the, the, the NASDAQ dropped 6% in two days. Here's a leadership stock team. It didn't even budge. It barely noticed anything. It had a normal tight consolidation and went higher. How about Chegg? Right? How about Chegg? We're in the stock at 37. The stock closed at 66 and change. It didn't show any sign of weakness while the market dropped 6%. The NASDAQ 100 dropped 6%. It showed no signs of weakness. These are disruptive growth stocks. FSLY, Fastly. No sign of weakness. LVGO, Vongo. Where's the weakness? Okay, so I show you this. I show you this so you can understand this is a sign of a bull market. Will it continue? Well, so far, the leadership sectors, we call disruptive growth here. What that means basically are new economy stocks. And what that means is trends that were already occurring in the economy. Lavongo is a health, um, health trend or Teladoc, right? People were using Teladoc before the virus. The Wuhan virus is accelerating growth for a handful of these companies. And those are the stocks to focus on. And those stocks are the leadership of the market outperforming. So when you get a two or two day sell off in the indexes, but you look at the leadership and they're not budging at all, it tells you that that is just a normal two-day sell-off in an uptrend. Now, I'm going to wrap up this section by saying, if we have three down days in a row, it doesn't mean I go sell everything. But it just means there'll be a natural pruning of the tree in the portfolio. Stops will, be, will have raised stops already, and some will start to get hit. And so we'll naturally start going to cash. But for right now, the bull market is in full swing, and nothing's stopping it at the moment. Cat in a hot tin roof. I bought puts at the close on the indexes on Friday just to protect myself because I can't stand the rally either, right? I say that tongue-in-cheek, okay? Um, let's move on. Um, all right, I just want to go over the scorecard real quick, keep everything real. Uh, you guys know I've been talking about Gilead for a long time. Let's look at the chart here. I just want you guys to know but that profit has been now been booked and we no longer uh, are long the stock. I just felt it was, it was um, fair to let you know this because I've been, look, we got long at 63.82. We had a number of different trades all the way up here. We've made some nice money in the stock. It closed below the uptrend and below the 50 day moving average. Okay. So we're not out of the stock. I just wanted to make sure you guys know that. Um, doesn't mean it can't go up. Doesn't mean you can't own it. I'm not telling you how to manage your portfolio. 
I'm only going to say this. New economy disruptive growth stocks are driving our portfolio, and I just don't have time. It's an opportunity cost of money. I don't have time to waste in a stock that's not paying me right now because I don't know how long this bull market's going to last. So I've got to be in the stocks that are making me money. And if I start to get negative divergences, market's going up and this stock can't go up, I've raised my stops. It closes below the stop. I book my profit and we move on. It was a fun run. It didn't go up as much as I thought it was going to go up. So be it. Maybe I get another shot at it some other point. Okay. Um, okay. Let's skip over to uh, gold and silver real quick. We're, you know, we're having an, an epic run in gold and silver. I don't see any, uh, any signs of that abating. One way to, to protect the portfolio is to have precious metals in the portfolio. Okay. Except for times during a margin call collapse, like we saw in um, February and March, and which I don't think we're going to see again right now. There's just not a lot of people on margin and the Fed's buying everything in sight. So even if we get a 10 to 15% correction in equities, it doesn't mean that gold and silver is going to go down 10 or 15%. In fact, th those assets might keep going up if people, if fear grows. Okay. So that's another great hedge of the portfolio. Armor portfolios are between 40 and 60% long precious metals. That includes mining companies and the bullion itself. And we started that on the 23rd of March. So I'm not, I'm not telling you to go get in that position in your portfolio today if you don't own any. The, the, the time was the 23rd of March. So you may want to find entry points into some names up here, but you have to manage, okay, your, your risk. Risk was so, the, the reward to risk ratio was so ideal on the 23rd of March that we took huge positions. Okay. And I wouldn't take such a huge position now, even though I, I think these things are about to go to the moon. Okay. I've said it. I don't want to rile you up and have you feel like you have to run out and buy things now, um, next week. Hopefully I know armor insiders are already long these names. Hopefully somebody who's new to this uh, um, um, uh, channel We'll just understand that there's a major bull market unfolding and you want to try to find your way in. You don't want to chase. People were asking me on Friday, should we be buying here? No, you, you should have been buying weeks ago. And, you know, even last week when I showed you a chart of, the, of, the, of silver and I said it hadn't even started yet, that was the time to own it. So when it blew out on Friday, you already had your positions on and you were already making money. Um, interesting note. I just want to share this one thought with you and we'll move on. So oh, two thoughts. First of all, silver is in the midst of a short squeeze. I'm not going to bend your ear about this. You could do your own research online. There, there is more paper silver short than there is physical silver out there. It's insane. The market is completely, um, um, the silver market has been for a while. Um, I don't think fraudulent would be too strong of a word. I think that J.P. Morgan last year um, got indicted for a fraudulent uh, um, and criminal behavior in the silver market. Go look it up. That's J.P. Morgan, the biggest bullion bank. You think they're alone? Think they're the only cockroach? Okay, so somebody big and maybe more than one guy big is short a ridiculous amount of paper silver and can't cover and that's why silver is starting to take off. Now, in, in short squeezes, there's wicked volatility. So there could be a huge down day in here. I, I don't know. But overall, the squeeze has begun, and we think we're going to see dramatically higher silver prices. Gold is very interesting, and this is what I wanted to share with you. People have asked me about the ETF GLD and the ETF SLV, and I have said to you for months now, I will not own those assets, okay? I personally, and I'm not alone in this, don't believe that those assets actually have the metal behind it. I believe it's possible there will be a day when, the, when 
Wall Street wakes up to the fact that the emperor is not wearing clothes. And I don't know what those assets are actually going to trade at. Therefore, I say own the Sprott funds. Sprott is physical gold bullion. The bullion's held outside the banking system, in a vault, audited four times a year, serial numbers on it. If you hold the assets for more than a year, you can literally get delivery of bars to your house if you want. Another piece to the puzzle unfolded this week. HSBC is the uh, creator of the ETF GLD. If you read the fine print in that GLD prospectus, it'll tell you that if HSBC creates so much of the ETF paper that it's not backed by the metal at an HSBC vault, they can then go to subcontractors, which are usually the bullion banks, to get more of the metal to back GLD. I want you to understand, guys, that metal is not in segregated accounts. It's not separate. It's not audited four times a year. Okay? So we really don't know if when a, when a subcontractor, if that's the right word, you know, gives them the bars to back that creation, we don't know if it's being double counted. We don't really know. If let's say JP Morgan gave them bars, did JP Morgan then report that they have less bars because they gave them to HSBC? Or does JP Morgan report the same thing and now HSBC says they have more? Do you see what I'm saying? And so what really was interesting last week, and I want to thank the Armor Insider who sent me this article first. You know who you are. Thank you very much. HSBC was not able, for whatever reasons, to get bullion from these subcontractors, which are other bullion banks. And they had to go to the Bank of England as a lender of last resort to get the metal to back the new creation of GLD. There was such an inflow of funds into the ETF GLD that it overwhelmed them. And the other bullion banks said, sorry, we're not giving you any bars. Okay. Sorry, we're not giving you bars. So they had to go to the Bank of England. And HSBC reported in their financial filings a major loss related to this. So just be advised. Very strange things are happening in the metals market. Silver is exploding. I'm telling you about GLD, and yet silver had a big week. Be careful if you own those assets and think that you actually probably don't. All right. Now let's wrap up with the cannabis couch. Hang on a second, guys. Apparently it's a live trading desk today. I got to call you back. Great. All right. Um, Let's get to um, cannabis couch real quick, and then I'll get to questions, and I'm sure you'll have cannabis questions. So let me just say this. Um, I have no interest in Aurora Cannabis. Stock was up huge on earnings. They did a reverse split. It's a complete mess over there. The first move off the bottom looks to me like short covering, okay? But it could be the beginning of what we've all been waiting for. It's been a brutal 12-month period. I've always said that I want to own canopy growth going into the next earnings announcement because I think that will be the catalyst that really turns this business around. Okay. So taking a quick look at um, canopy growth. Okay. I've shared this with you before. There's the triple downtrend, the Fibonacci uh, uh, extensions, the fan resistance arc. Okay. We broke out of it. A couple weeks ago, you guys remember we got long here and then we had to stop it out. We got long in the initial breakout above that third trend line and we got stopped out. It went lower, okay, and now we step back up and buy it again as it breaks back above that trend line. And this is what I wanted to say, okay? I want to share with you Armor Investing Rule the Road number 10. It's the morning mantra. And what I basically say, I'm not going to read the whole thing to you, but what I basically say is 
I don't care today about successes or failures yesterday. Stocks aren't to be loved or hated. They don't have it out for you, okay? They don't have it out for you. I don't care if I lost money in Canopy a week or two ago. I look at my whiteboard every morning when I sit down at my trading desk and I say, what stocks need to be owned? Where, where do I need to focus my attention? And I don't care if it's something I did a week ago and lost money on. If it's right again today, I'm going to try it again. Okay, and I'm going to try it again until I get it right. I have saved myself and hopefully you a ridiculous amount of money in the last 12 months avoiding the cannabis space. Every now and then we step into these Canadian names and we take small losses. They go lower. We wait for the next opportunity. The only way this works is if we stay at it until we get the turn. We protect our capital when we have to. And we take our shot when the reward is worth the risk and the probabilities are in our favor. And what happened Friday, to me, is another chance to take a shot. I don't know what's going to happen. If it takes out the lows of Friday, I'll cut my position down. If it makes a new low, I'll cut it again. Okay? I don't care to go over Aurora's earnings announcement. I don't even know what those guys are doing. It, it makes no difference to me. What really matters to me is canopy growth. That's the stock. It's the institutional favorite, if there is a favorite in the space, because of the cash balance sheet and the management team. If we can make money there, then we can broaden out and make money in other names. Now, this is about investing. I'm, t I'm sharing with you my investing approach. You can trade anything. You can swing trade anything. You can day trade anything. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying, do we want to be long this space for the next 6 to 12 to 24-month bull market that explodes higher in these stocks? That's what I'm trying to find for myself and for you. Okay? So, I know a longtime viewer has been killing it. All he does is swing trade US MSOs. And well done. I think that's fantastic. I would, I would never talk anybody out of doing their own thing. Have at it. I'm just sharing with you my investing approach. So what I'm really hunting for, I'm looking for the elephant. I'm looking for the big move in these stocks. And it's going to start with Canopy. And I'd all, I've, I've been saying this for months. I want to own the name before the next earnings announcement. Okay? Because I think the new CEO, he said this in the last earnings call, is going to reveal to us what his expectations are for the rest of the year. He'll be done taking his write-offs and cutting the company down. So all the bad news is out. And hopefully he's going to reveal some products that are pretty, um, uh, a, a pretty exciting and, and a distribution channel that's pretty powerful through Constellation. That's what I'm hoping. Okay. So I'm watching that stock and certainly on Friday, it gave us an entry. Um, the USOs in the US, um, the MSOs in the US, I, I love them. I know you guys are going to ask me about them. I thought Green Thumb had a great earnings announcement. I don't own the stocks because I won't buy stocks that trade on the Canadian Stock Exchange. I buy stocks this is opportunity cost of money now, don't forget. I only have so much money to commit. So I'm committing, and I always commit my capital, where I can see institutional sponsorship. It's when an institution decides to buy millions of shares that the stock goes up at a 45-degree angle over 12, 24, 36, whatever, month period. And you dramatically increase your net worth. This isn't about swing trading. Okay? So... I like for my money to be in assets that institutions are buying. They're not buying stocks that trade on the CSE. Nothing wrong with you doing it. Go ahead and trade it if you want. Have at it. I'm personally buying one cannabis stock in the U.S. right now that trades on the NASDAQ and supports all of those MSOs. Now, I know I don't. I know this could be frustrating, but I don't share small cap names on YouTube because I'm not the kind of guy who comes on YouTube. I already own the stock, by the way. I paid $3.50 for it. Stock's above $5 now. I wouldn't come on here and tell you to go buy it to drive the price up, okay? So 
If you're an Armor Insider, you already know what this stock is. If you want to become an insider, you can subscribe right down here, log in, look at the Armor portfolio, and you'll see we own it. Okay? Um, that company had an earnings announcement this week. It's phenomenal. And that's the way I'm playing USMSOs because I think institutions will be buying the stock eventually. Not right now because it's a $5 stock. But when the stock goes above 10, they'll come in. Okay. Um, so that's my thought there on cannabis. I do think that Friday was important. I do think the window's open. You go about it however you want. That makes you most comfortable. What makes me comfortable is cannabis growth. And that's how I'm going about it. Okay. Um, I think that's, uh, I think that's it. I just wanted to share one last thing and then I'll get the questions. I know I'm going long. It's a Saturday. I'm sorry, but I'm going to share these charts with you. Um, shoot, I don't have them loaded up. Well, let me see. I'll tell you what, maybe I can get to some questions while you guys are asking me. I sent you an email with these charts in there. The, the, I'll just say this, go check your email guys. I just sent it yesterday. If you haven't gotten one, you know, send me an email. Tell me, you know, to send it again, whatever. I can send it again for you. I showed you six chart patterns. They're all the same. The relative strength line breaking out before the price. It's one of my favorite triggers. In other words, the stock has not made a new high yet, but the relative strength line is making a new high. That's not the RSI index. That's different. RSI is an indicator, it's an oscillator that has to do with the stock's performance versus itself over X amount of time. The relative strength line that can be found on Investors Business Daily Stock Charts, you can go to investors.com and full disclosure, I don't get paid to say that. It's just my favorite source for investing purposes. It's the William O'Neill uh, newspaper. So you can go to investors.com, not investing investors.com. Any chart you pull up, you're going to see the RSI line. I'm, excuse me. You're going to see the relative strength line. It's relative to the market. So the performance of the stock is beating the S&P 500. So even if the stock's going down, if the market's going down faster, the relative strength line's going up, right? The market's going sideways and the, if the stock's going sideways and the market's crashing, relative strength line's going up. And that shows you, the reason it's important is it shows you where institutions are defending positions. And it gives you an idea of the stocks that will leave in the next bull market. That chart pattern is working the best right now. And we added a number of names to the Armour portfolios. Armour Insiders, you guys know this. You can look at the Armour portfolios at armorreport.com and see what we added this week. They're all Relative strength breakouts. Okay, so let's get to the Q and A. Thanks for giving me your time today and, um, and and listening to all that. And let's let's jump into the questions and answers. All right. Um, first question: Cannabis Safe Banking Act. Question by Tech Monkey. Um, interested in? Uh, okay, is it part of the stimulus package? What I've read so far coming out of the House of Representatives, it is some sort of that Safe Banking Act is in that stimulus package. But don't forget, um, it has to be passed by the Senate. And from all I can read, that, that package is already dead on arrival. So they're going to have to do some horse trading. And usually what gets left at the side of the road is the Safe Banking Act. So I have no real confidence that that's going to go through. If it is, that'd be great. Um, do you think there are, um, okay, next question. Do you think there are, uh, oh, we're headed for a negative interest rates. How would this affect the average person? Thank you. Okay. Um, I really hope we never get to negative interest rates in this country, but it certainly looks that way. I know that um, in the futures market, guys are definitely betting on negative interest rates in the U.S., and we've got negative interest rates um, at other, uh, other places around the world right now. Um, well, it certainly affects, you know, anybody who's putting money into dividend paying assets, um, because those stocks should go up, right? You go to negative interest rates. What happens is 
people who are retired who are trying to live off of an in, uh, off of an income are going to suffer. It's going to affect those people because what in essence, in essence it says is for you to own a bond, what does it really mean? Negative interest rates at a positive interest rate, you're loaning money to the government and it, the government's paying you interest on that at a negative interest rate. You're loaning money to the government and you're getting less of that money back when it matures. That's insane. Why would anybody in their right mind loan money to a government for five or 10 or 20 or whatever years, probably shorter, right? You're not going to get the 20 years negative, but why would anybody loan to, to, to the government for the next three to six months and get less money back? Give them $100,000, get 98000 back. Why would you do that? You wouldn't. So that drives you into more risky assets to try to create a return for the retiree. So on the one hand, it drives the stock market higher because people who used to be comfortable in government bonds at a return can't get the return. So now they have to get comfortable uh, higher up the risk chain, right? So they start buying utility stocks or what have you. And they hope that those stocks will survive and move higher and pay the dividend. So, of course, what will happen is those stocks will go up over time, so the yields go down, making it more difficult for the retiree so that they have to then go higher up the chain of risk and start buying growth stocks. But you see, this drives the stock market higher. It doesn't end well at some point. At some point in the future, it doesn't end well. So your question is, how does it affect people? It doesn't really affect you right now. It's very bullish. It affects the bull. It affects the stock market. You know, it's it has a deleterious effect over time. How do I prepare for that? Um, you've got to have precious metals in the portfolio because in a world like that, you're talking massive inflation, and you're talking financial shocks that occur out of nowhere. You know, and so. Probably precious metals is a great way to protect a portfolio. Um, thank you for that shout out, Tech Monkey. I think you're awesome too. All right. Um, cannabis. Um, all right. Someone's throwing in an idea here. Let's take a look. DYX. Not a name on my radar, my friend. And like I said a minute ago, I think we need to make money first in the top tier names. And there'll be more than enough time to make money in the bottom tier names. You don't need to own penny stocks or companies no one's ever heard of um, um, at this stage in the cycle. It's just like in silver. Okay, here's an example. I wish I could, let me see if I can do this real quick. You guys bear with me for a minute. I'm going to. Upload this picture real quick. Um, and I'm going to show you what I mean by um, relative strength um, leading a stock. All right, so let's see. You guys can see that. You know, it's cutting me off here. Okay. Thanks for bearing with me. There it is. Okay, there's silver right now, Pan American silver. Now, I sent this out to you guys. This, anybody following me on Twitter, you saw this chart during the week. I talked about it last weekend. The relative strength, that's that blue line here, broke out to a new high before the stock price. In fact, the stock price hasn't even hit a new high yet. It's leading the stock higher. You see that? This blue line here is the relative strength line. It's got an RS rating of 96, okay, which is, you know, 100 is the best. So it's outperforming. It's like the 96 percentile uh, of beating the S&P, okay? I share this with you because what I want to say is this. What, what I want to say is that the best name in the space in silver is Pan American. It's the biggest and it's the best. And that's the place to be making money right now. As 
this bull market in silver unfolds, then you could start digging into the smaller junk names because they'll have wicked rallies. We're at the same stage with cannabis. Silver's a little ahead of cannabis because it's already had its big move first. It's just ripped off the bottom. Okay? So we're waiting for cannabis to rip off the bottom, and we want to make money in the top-tier names first. And then we book some of those profits because we've earned the right to take the risk, and we roll in some of the um, um, the um, less well-known, smaller, smaller cap names. Armor reports about risk management, and that's the way to manage your risk. If things go wrong, you have the liquidity to get out of a position without getting killed. So you start with the big names, and then once the bull market starts, you book some profits, you've earned the right to take the risk, and you buy uh, these other names, okay? Um, Five up and out. Kevin, absolutely. The five up and outs are one of my favorite uh, chart patterns. And what he's referring to here, and I'll try to upload this for you. Let's see if we can do this real quick. Um, let's look at uh, a recent edition of the Armour Portfolios this week. Uh, that's not the chart I wanted. Here. Well, you know what? I'm going to do something different. Hold on a second. Let's cancel this out. I'm going to show it to you right here. Here's a classic example of a five up and out that um, that Kevin is, uh, is is referring to. We own this stock in the portfolio. We bought it recently, right? This is Netflix. Now, why are we not seeing that? There it is. Okay. So there's the Netflix chart. This is a rectangular formation where the relative strength led the breakout. So the relative strength broke out before the stock. One, two, three, four, five up and out. Netflix made a new high for the week, for the year, for its life on Friday. Okay. That's another example of bull market. When leadership like Netflix is making new highs. And let's look at Netflix real quick. Check this out. The NASDAQ dropped 6% in two days. What happens to Netflix? A leader. Oops. Nothing. Nothing. What happened to Netflix? Nothing, guys. Right? Here, the, the NASDAQ's dropping 6% somewhere in here. And Netflix doesn't even blink and makes a new high by the end of the week. That is called a bull market. It's called a bull market. It doesn't mean I don't hedge. It doesn't mean I'm not a cat in a hot tin roof, afraid of the fall. It may happen next week, and I'll have to raise cash everywhere. But that is a sign of a bull market. All right. Um, Jason Abbott, $50 silver this decade? I don't think you're going to have to wait a decade, my friend. I don't think you're going to have to wait a decade. Just for those of you who don't know, I mean, silver was $50 an ounce. What was it back in 2011, I think? So it's not like silver can't get there. It's been there before. Don't quote me on that date. We have to go look. But my point is, silver's been there before. It should be there already. There has been silver manipulation by J.P. Morgan and their cohorts. This is not a conspiracy theory. The AG of New York brought an indictment on J.P. Morgan for criminal behavior in the silver market. That's why that price is so suppressed. So when the rally back gets started, and I think it was started last week, it should be lots of fun. I'm just going to take a peek here. No, I'm not going to do it. Right. I don't want to take your time out. Let's keep, let's keep doing this. This needs to be a rapid-fire discussion, right? All right. Um, let's go look at uh, what do you think of VTIQ? Is it a pump and dump? Tech Monkey. V-T-I-Q. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This was the acquisition. Oh, yeah. 
And Armour Insider has been asking me about this, and I'm sorry, my friend, I just haven't had the time to get to it. It's not my type of thing. I don't like acquisition corpse. I don't like those types of behaviors. So I'm not surprised that it's getting wrecked in the last couple of weeks. And I have to do more research on it to answer that question, okay? I just don't know enough about it. But at first blush, it's not the kind of a name that makes it into an armor portfolio, and it doesn't even make it onto the armor whiteboard. Mag Silver, oh, one of our favorite investments, right? So Pan American Silver is um, the, um, you know, the biggest and the best of the pure silver plays. But Mag is the best exploration play, okay? And so um, in case you guys don't know this already, here's a, here's a look at uh, Mag Silver. This little green bar right here is when we started buying the stock for armor portfolios, okay? We were buying the stock right here for armor portfolios. What price is that? Somewhere around, um, you know, the $8 range. So it's trading at 12. We love it. We think it goes a lot higher. But don't forget, we bought it down here. So I'm not, I'm not telling you what to do today, you know, or next week. Um, but that stock looks, um, looks set to, to really take off. And of course, um, if silver keeps moving, it, it's just an awesome exploration asset. BTG, gold miner, BTG. All right, I mean, I, I, not, a, not a name on my list. I'll certainly do some work for you. Okay, I'll take a peek at it. Not a name on my list, though. But that doesn't mean it's not good, right? I mean, there's a lot of names in, the, in this space now. And some of the smallest names, as this bull market unfolds, you know, let me give you an, I mean, well, I'm not going to go over it again. You guys know where we, where we bought Newmont and, and stuff like that. It was the 23rd of March, right down at the bottom. So we bought the big name first, the big names. They exploded higher, and then you could book some of those profits and rotate into some of the smaller names. Nothing wrong with that. All right. Um, Stephen White, any thoughts? Oops. Any thoughts for a bullion dollar? Um, oh, a new insider. Hey, Steve, how you doing? Glad you've joined us. Do I think there'll be a bullion dollar? I, I think that there could be a bullion dollar at some point, and my guess is it's probably when gold is trading above $3,000 an ounce, right? So that's like a long-term picture thing. I think it happens at some point, and I think that it's important to note that talk last week talk began that there's going to be um, a futures contract trading out of London that is um, a physical backed contract. So in other words, the market is slowly moving away from paper precious metals products. This is a problem for COMEX. The Shanghai index, I'm sorry, the index, the Shanghai exchange I think it opened last year, and it's a gold-backed futures exchange. So the, 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 the decade of paper, uh, uh, paper precious metal manipulation is coming to an end. And does it culminate in a gold-backed dollar? It's possible. It's possible. Um, Kevin. As far as intraday trading or maybe even overnight weekend, would buying DOG and RWM be equivalent to shorting? Yes, yes, good point. So for those of you who can't short, don't short, don't have margin accounts, IRA accounts that can't short, the uh, exchange-traded funds, the ETFs that are inverse to the Dow and the small cap, so DIA and IWM, um, the inverse is RWM, and DOG. So you can go long, you buy those assets and they go up if the market goes down and you can use that to hedge if you don't want to short. And you have to figure out your own position size. This is about managing risk. When you're hedging, I hope you understand this. Every time I hedge, I literally hope I lose money. You guys get that? Because if I lose money on the hedge, I'm making a lot of money everywhere else. So I, I try to manage the hedge, 
And last week, we made money short and long. So we had a great week. But not every week was going to work like that. Some weeks, we're going to take losses on the hedges, and that's fine. Okay? So if you start doing that process to protect your portfolio, be aware that some of those positions you're going to take losses on. They're short-term trading vehicles to protect you for overnight risk, for over-weekend risk, and there may be some gap-ups Monday morning, and you're going to take losses there. And you have to be comfortable with that. So the idea is not to hedge one-to-one. It's just to reduce your exposure at whatever percent you want. If you're 100% invested and and you'd like to be carrying 25% cash, but you don't want to sell anything, well, you can short these indexes 25% of your portfolio, and there's your cash. You see what I'm saying? That's how I look at it. All right. Um, how about buying CGC call option if you believe there could be a boom in, in cannabis? Um, nothing wrong with buying options. I'm not an option guy normally. Under most circumstances, I think most people should avoid options. They're just going to lose money. Most people lose money in options. And the Armour Report is about algorithmic risk management research. And you cannot manage risk by buying call options on something you think is going to go up a lot. I'm buying put options on the market as a hedge. That's different. Okay? I'm not buying calls because I think something's going to go up a lot. I bought calls in Gilead. Why did I do that? Because I'd already made money on the stock and I wanted to reduce my risk. So to manage risk, I booked the profit, took some of those profits and bought calls. Okay, so I'm not a big fan of just buying call options and particularly not in this market where volatility is so large and an armor insider could bend your ear all day about that. He's a he's a really great options uh, trader and and, you know, would bend your ear on the spreads you're getting now. The smart money is writing calls and writing puts, which means selling calls and selling puts and collecting premium because the spreads are so large that the premiums are so big. Okay. Um, okay. Alexander's asking me, uh, what do you think about uh, BYND? So you're talking about Beyond Meat, right? Look, there's nothing wrong with Beyond Meat. I know some people love it. Um, I like to invest in businesses that are high margin with big barriers to entry so people can't get in the business and the margins are high. These are disruptive growth stocks like Viva Systems or Team or Slack or places like this where you've got fat margins Barriers to entry. I don't see big margins in the food business. And I don't see a barrier to entry. There's the impossible burger. There's all kinds of things that could come out that would derail the stock. So it just, it doesn't make it to my whiteboard. And again, this is not telling you what to do. If you don't, if you, if you're comfortable with it, go for it. But um, if you want to know the armor investing way, the things that make it to my whiteboard are high margin companies with a unique business model and a, and, a, and a barrier to entry, a moat around their business that makes it hard for anybody to cut in on what they're doing. That's what I'm looking for. Okay. And Beyond Meat doesn't fit that for me, so it doesn't make it. And again, at the end of the day, for me, I can't own everything, so it's opportunity cost of money. Where do I think I can get the biggest bang for my buck? And these are the names I'm going after, and Beyond Meat doesn't make it. Um, from, am I familiar with uh, a, a BMMJ? Let's see, BMMJ. I'm not familiar. Body and mind. Okay, um, Adele. I appreciate that thought, but I just don't talk about penny stocks on the show. Penny stocks don't make it to the to the whiteboard. Most of the time, I like stocks that trade above ten, and the reason for that is. Like I say, institutions make markets. Information makes money. Institutions make markets. As I'm building investing portfolios that I want to hold as long as possible, these positions, I want to be where the institutions are. 
because capital is like a, a triangle. The bottom of the triangle is the smallest amount of capital, and that's what invests in penny stocks. The top of the triangle, right, is where all the institutions are, right? So, the, so in many instances, institutions cannot buy stocks below 10. This is why sometimes you see a stock go above 10 and it pops because it's been on the radar of institutions that don't, they have literally a mandate that says they can't buy a stock under 10. And when it breaks above 10, you see a sometimes a move higher right off the bat because there's fresh money coming in. So I don't, I don't mess with penny stocks. Okay. But I do wish you the best of luck. I hope it works for you. Okay. Wiggy, what do you think about Sorrento news and how it wasn't featured? Um, no, I have no opinion there. I can't help you on that one. Sorry about that. Um, Buffett sold 84% of Goldman Sachs stock. Info came out last night. Yeah, I know. It's the most hated rally in history. You know, that's why I'm a cat in a hot tin roof, but I'm making money. Right? I don't like what's going on either out in the real, real world, but the market's going up because the Fed's adding liquidity. And um, it's interesting that he sold that stock. I mean, he sold that. He's, he's taking big losses, right? He's booking losses on his airlines. It's pretty interesting. All right, an idea, TGCDF. I've had a tremendous run with it, a junior gold miner. Excellent financials, good management team. Great. <clears throat> I'll take a look at it. Thanks for that thought. What's your thought on GNUS? No idea. Not my, uh, not my area. <clears throat> Again, it's too small for me, guys. This is not where I play. All right. Have to love the breakout. I do. Uh, be, um, before uh, fun times, um, I thought the earnings announcement on Green Thumb was great. And I think the breakout's great. Have at it. You know, not on my whiteboard because of the CSE, but certainly a, one of the best U.S. MSOs, without a doubt. I, I appreciate that Genus Brands looks like a like a legit company. I can certainly do some research on it, but I don't like to talk about stocks that are you know a dollar and a half or two dollars on this show. I don't even share with you the name of the company I'm buying that's trading over five dollars right now. It's just not a thing for me to be doing. So I, I wish you guys the best of luck in that. I hope it works. Thoughts on Kronos? I, Tech Monkey, I still can't buy a stock where the management team I think are amateurs. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna look elsewhere. Whatever money I want to invest in Kronos, I'd rather double up on Canopy Growth. All right. Um, I got to wrap up here. We got a lot of questions, but I'll just try to bang out a few more for you. Nelson Peltz, ACB. Yeah, that doesn't, that doesn't matter really. All right. Um, I don't think they all lie, steal and, and cheat and steal, though. I think there are some good companies. Hey, guys, I really appreciate the uh, support you're throwing out there at me. I appreciate that. All right. That's it for now. I will ask, uh, answer the last question here about Afria. I, I I, Afria, I do, I do like it. I think the management team is doing the right thing. Um, but I'll just wrap up on this thought that I keep pounding away, and maybe you're sick and tired of hearing it. But when it comes to Canadian cannabis plays, I want to see if I can make money in canopy growth first. And then I might spread out. I didn't like that debt deal that, that Afria did last week, where they got rid of some of their debt to improve their balance sheet. That, that didn't make me feel comfortable about what they think the future for cannabis, Canadian cannabis business. It really was strange to me. So I'm going to stick with my canopy growth. Um, Chris. Uh, Chris, I really appreciate that. Armor Insiders, you've made the annual membership weekly uh, in the past you know, three months. I really appreciate that. Thank you for that shout out. Question, USMSOs. You can make money by uh, day trading them. Yeah, right. That's right. There's nothing wrong with day trading, even swing trading at USMSO. But as I've said many times in the past, and you're pointing out today, Chris, the, the, the 280E IRS law is so onerous, it's ridiculous. It's going to change at some point, 
you know. Um, but I really like to see these stocks start trading on the NASDAQ before I start putting money into them for reasons I've discussed. Hit the like button. Thank you very much, Adele. Guys, listen, I'm going to wrap up. Have a great weekend. I look forward to talking to you again on Monday afternoon, 430 for an armor education video. You all, you all take care. Stay safe. Have a good weekend. All right.